All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit betterhelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp H-E-L-P. This is the Wally and Mathot Show Live. Now, here are your hosts, Brent Wallace and Mark Mathot. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Wally and Mathot Show Live, uh, brought to you as always by Sports Interaction. I'm Brent Wallace. He's the warm and fuzzy Irishman himself, uh, Mark Mathot. Happy St. Patty's Day, Map. <laughs> the warm, warm and fuzzy Irishman. I mean, well, I'm yeah. not Irish. I think I have, I'm like, I might be 20% Irish, I think, but warm and fuzzy, absolutely not. um i'm scottish so it really doesn't matter to me so i wore a kind of somewhat green sweater that's all i got uh as always today's show is brought to you by sportsinteraction.com go to sportsinteraction.com slash wall the thought uh the most competitive live daily odds uh including betting on the send which is a tough bet these days because the only thing i can seem to bet on is is anybody going to get injured um and we're going to get to that later sportsinteraction.com is canada's (laughs) leading sports book uh we just got the news today that thomas shabbat's hands broken uh, we know that, you know, Lassie, Lassie Thompson's hurt, Jake Sanderson's hurt, all kinds of guys out of the lineup. Uh, Tim Stutzler may not yeah. play tomorrow either. So all that's coming yeah. up. But, um, of course, all that's coming up as well is the trade deadline day on Monday. So we went to get the uh, hardest working man uh, in show business when it comes to trade deadline day, the insider himself, although I'm sure Darren Drager is now going to be upset with me. Uh, today's guest brought to you by the cool, refreshing taste of Whitewater beer. Uh, and it fits right in, by the way, with today. It's a green can. Um it's a little sour, just like our guest who's coming up in the show. Uh, try this new tasty flavor, Kiwi Lime Sour. You can get it at the LCBO, uh, or you can save 15% and order it online at shopwhitewater.ca. Use the wham-funky-fresh coupon code. 
Uh, 15% off Whitewater Brew by Friends for Friends, official beer of the Hockey Hall of Fame. Don't forget, they also have home delivery. Uh, and by the way, our guest today uh, is also a wild and crazy Irishman himself. The co-host of a little podcast called 32 Thoughts. He's the ultimate insider. Um, he gets the info, plus he gets inside all our heads with whatever he wants to wear on television. Uh, Elliot Friedman, welcome to the show. Hey, how you doing? <laughs> Did we just get you out of bed? No, but like, you know me, uh, you know me, man. Like if I can put on a show and make people laugh, I'm going to put on a show and make people yeah. laugh. That's plus also the worst I've oh, seen. That's yeah, I, I, that, that plus, you know what? somewhat controlled. I've got a Peloton still left in me. So I, 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 what's the point of combing my hair before a Peloton? Good man. Fair enough. Yeah. I, I, you know what? I appreciate your time. Plus if anything happens and you need to go, you can just jump off whenever. So I know that no problem. you're, uh, I don't know if you sleep at all right now, but what is trade? Let's call it the month before. What is that time period like for you and all the insider guys? Uh, does your phone ever get turned off? No, 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 no. You can't. You can't do that. This is this is one of the month of the year where you actually have to try and attempt to justify your salary, right, Brent? So you can't be turning your phone off. You know, like yesterday was really busy. I was trying to tape a hit with uh, Carolyn. I know they showed it last night. And I've got text coming through my phone. I'm barely paying attention to what she's saying to me. And it's not like I'm trying to be rude. Um, it, um, you know, I, I, I'm not like normal when I'm really rude to people. But, you know, the, you've got information <laughs> coming in flying all the time. It's, it's, and the other thing, too, is, as you know, like, it's some of it is right and some of it is wrong and the biggest challenge is filtering out what is right and what is wrong because at this time of yeah. year if you make a mistake you look like i mean you look like an idiot if you make a mistake in the first place but you look like a real idiot if you make a mistake at this time of year so uh do you feel you ever get used by gms i i think you do um but the one thing i've gotten as, I, as you get older and you understand a lot more about how it works, you have a better BS detector, right? And, um, you know, I, I think also, too, I, I'm better at, like, one of, the rule, one of the rules I really have for myself, Brent, is that I don't like to be a person who people say, okay, I'm going to give you this anonymous quote so you can tear into somebody. I don't like that. Mm -hmm. Like, I okay. don't. I, I don't like being that guy. I, I really like my, my belief is I try to carry myself. I'm not always successful, but I try to carry myself as don't say anything that you wouldn't say to someone's face. So I, I don't like when people say, Oh, rip this guy, uh, rip this guy. And then you rip them and say, Oh, well, it wasn't me. It was this anonymous quote. Like, I think that's really cowardly and I, I really try to avoid doing it. So I think people know that now that I don't like to do it. I don't like to take gratuitous shots at people. So, and, and the other thing I always tell people is if I find out this is not true, A, I'm not going to use it and B, I'm going to be really upset about it and I won't forget it. So I think I've gotten a lot better at, you know, just handling what's true. I think, I think people do use you, but I think they use you also, uh, Brent, uh, like we're thinking about this. I just want to throw out a trial balloon. Like, how do our fans feel about it? And right. I think that happens yep. too. Sometimes it's not to hurt someone. Sometimes it's to help you gauge your own market. Fair enough. 
Um, for those following along, you, the chat is open. I suggest if you've got any questions, you can ask them to Elliot. We'll try to get them on. Uh, plus, it's a seven pager today, so we are on page two. Uh, that leads us right into the Ottawa Senator chat. Uh, Nick Paul, tops yeah. of the list. Elliot, is Nick Paul going to be an Ottawa Senator on Tuesday of next week? I think he wants to be. I, I do. I, I think he does. You know, the problem, and, and Mark, like, you you live this. You You can explain this as much as anyone else can. There's, you want to stay in a place because you're happy there and it's been good for you, but you also, you're also coming up to the best chance to take care of not only your family, but maybe your grandkids too. Right. And like, I, like I've been told, and I know because I've been told this by, you know, just third parties, Nick Paul in the free agent market after the year he's, is going to have, is going to be close to a $3 million player. So yeah. I think that, you know, like, I think that that's the question here is, how close is Ottawa comfortable to get to that? And how much less than that is Nick Paul, you know, willing to leave on the table? And, you know, I, I think when you have one shot to take care, like all things being equal, I've heard he wants to stay. I, I think he likes it mm. there. He knows his coach trusts him. But I, I think the toughest thing is like when you have, this is your best chance to take care of yourself and your family, you know, how much are you willing to leave on the table? It's a, it's a balancing act. There's no question. Yeah. And so, and Elliot, I know you've got your hands everywhere and it's hard to get into like exact detail with any specific player. And I don't want to put you on the spot. What do you think his market value would be then if he just, if he finishes off the season, the way he has been playing sort of kind of quiet, he's not really a game breaker at the moment. Mm -hmm. You still think he's around 3 million if he goes into the summer? I, I, I just think that I, I think he's close. Like, put it this way. Yeah. Like, like, I, okay. like, like I've, been, I've been checking around right now. Like, as, as you know, Mark, like, when you were a free agent that summer, you signed a big deal with Dallas. How many teams were chasing after you? Well, yeah, I, I was still under contract, but I know what you mean, though. I, I, was, yeah. I was still under a contract with, like, my current deal that I had signed with Ottawa, but there were plenty mm -hmm. of teams calling, for sure, uh, asking and gauging what my interest level was at. And that's why I asked you about – Polly, because I'm thinking like, okay, at this point, so who's like, where's the information coming from? Like, is Ottawa in fact that close to three million? Because I remember negotiating with Ottawa, and mm -hmm. they were very low. Like, they came in mm -hmm. very low, and it got to the point where you know my agent was like, just screw them, like just go to free agency. And you know, I obviously had a soft spot for 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 the city and being from here, so that worked against me. So that's why mm -hmm. I was asking you. I'm like, and again, I don't know how much you, detail you know. But I'm wondering if Ottawa is even remotely close to $3 million right now. I would bet that Ottawa is around, this is my guess, like nobody's told me, but from what yeah. I can piece together, I guess they're about two and a half, Mark. That's where I'm yeah. guessing they are. That makes sense. I, I'm guessing, and, and again, like this is my extrapolation from what I'm hearing. I think they're around two and a half. And, See, you know, yeah. I, I think, yeah. you know, I, I think that honestly, Mark, I, I, like I would bet when I was really looking into this a week or two ago, that if he went on the free agent, he was somewhere between two, eight and three. So, yeah. you know, I, I think that that's kind of what they're looking at here. And, you know, I'm, I just think at the end of the day, he's going to have a decision to make and, and, and we'll see what he decides to do. But I've been told by several people, even teams I know chasing after him, that they know that he really likes it in Ottawa and he's very comfortable. Okay. That's fair. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So I guess in conclusion, then if you're Nick Paul, like the Ottawa's got to come somewhat close, right? Because let's assume he hits the open market and he's got three point two five or something available that he has a rough idea that would be on the table. 
it's really mm-hmm. hard to sort of bring yourself back down to, you know, that playing field with the Senators. But anyway, I don't want to hammer that topic too far. Wally's probably already getting angry with me. <laughs> By the way, uh, I wanted to say, Mark, I was following your tweets the other day about Austin Matthews, and I wasn't sure. Did you think you felt he should have been suspended? It was hard to tell what your opinion on the matter was. Look, it's so easy. Like, people think I actually care. I don't. I'm totally trolling the Toronto market at that point. Yes, I do think it was a really aggressive cross-check, but there have been plenty of them. So I want to be clear. I'm not some lunatic that's just trying to attack Toronto fans with, you know, a vendetta against the fan base. I'm just, I'm just having fun. Well, one, one thing I've definitely noticed is you definitely, just like you knew how to get under people's skin as a player, you know how to do it on Twitter too. You're very good. At it. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> All right. I'm going to move on. Uh, Nick Paul, yeah. we'd like to see here. Anton Forsberg, uh, with the way the goaltending has gone, is there any reason why Ottawa would move him? I, all right, I'll give you this caveat. If he gets a first round pick for him, sure. But is there any reason I think it, I think it comes down right? I think it comes down to the offer does someone does someone blow them out of their socks. Uh, Fair enough. Uh, that, and you know the other thing too is now Matt Murray like you know that's the tough thing like Matt Murray's hurt again, right? And uh, you yeah. you don't know what this means you know like you don't know what this means long term. Um, you know like there's I, I I think there's definitely teams out there that could use Forsberg. I just I think if you're Ottawa right now, you're saying we might we might need this guy. Yeah, agreed. Well, yeah, like Kevin Mandelis is hurt too, and the minors. So yeah. like, like they're running out of bodies here, and I don't know how you can move Anton Forsberg when he's got whatever it is half of your team's wins this year, if not more. But mm-hmm. you got to give maybe, people I, a reason to come into the building. Yeah, agreed. yeah, and right now mm-hmm. losing Thomas Shabbat with a broken hand, uh, Tim Stutzler is questionable for tomorrow. Like, it, there's a it's it's tough right now. Um, have you heard anything on Michael Delzato? And the only reason I ask that is the guy is playing extremely well in the minors, uh, 27 points, 26 games. Uh, now with the injury to Thomas Shabbat, I think they should call him up. We can get to that later in the show. But do you think there's any chance that he's going to get moved here? I do. Um, you know, I think that the thing right now is, like, I was looking at your board, and you got Zach Sanford up on that board too. And And here's the thing. Like, I think what's going on right now is that, sort of like the, the top-level people are starting to move off the board. Like Thomas Hurdle signed now, Claude Giroux. Yeah. I, I'm going to be very curious to see what happens after the ceremony tonight. I think I think Philly and Florida are just really working that hard. <laughs> Play, it does the Kessel, one shift, and then takes a flight somewhere. <laughs> um, you know, they're, they're stu- they're, they're re- it's really going on there. They're, they're grinding away, Florida and Philly, working on to get that done. Um and then, you know, as those pieces start to come off the board, then we go to the next wave. And, you know, one of the yeah. problems this year is I think there's a lot more uh, sellers than there are buyers. I, I think mm. a lot of the buyers are trying to squeeze the sellers. And for it, like, and, and for that next group of guy, you know, there's a lot of choice. I do think Florida had interest in Del Zotto. I know that they were trying to broker something like that there. But one of the biggest problems is what's Ottawa willing to do with Del Zotto's money? And at this point right. in time, Ottawa has declined to eat any of it. For some reason, it sounds like they'd rather buy them out than eat money on it, uh, which is a little bit strange to me, I have to say. Uh, but um, I think that's the biggest issue is that nobody can do it at the money that Delzato is owed. They would have it would have to be mm. partial, not full. Yeah. I, I, absolutely. And the Florida thing makes sense, where he's uh, opening up his real estate business. 
uh, all those other side things that are going on. Plus, they could use some so, depth on the blue line. Wait, Elliot. So wait on that point. Is it is it not a seller's? So you're saying it's not a seller's market? It's not. It's okay, not. but what about the hall it, it, that? What about the hall that that Montreal got for Sherratt? Well, because Sherratt was a coveted player, there were a lot of teams looking at him. Sure, like that. Okay, that that's enough. what it came down to. Like they had, like Sherratt had about four or five teams that were really going hard at uh, him. So he was yeah. in a situation where you know he was targeted. You know, other players who are not as targeted. There's a lot of them. There's a lot of teams looking to move money. There's a lot of teams that just want to get something for UFAs and there aren't enough spots for all of them. Mark. Got it. Got it. Uh, RFAs. Do you think you're going to see anybody moving out of that group, which includes Colin White, Nikita Zaitsev? Uh, sorry, those guys are signed long-term, uh, but they're part of the notable groups I have is Eric Brandstrom, Victor Mete, Adam Gaudet are all RFAs. And then we got Delzato, White, Zaitsev and Murray are all signed long-term, but, they're all kind of notable players. Do you see uh, any of these things on the move here, other than Michael Delzato? Well, I'll, I'll I'll save all the Sanders fans the heart attacks. I don't think Josh Norris is going anywhere. I'm, I'm happy to report <laughs> that. Uh, and I would probably do the same for Formington. Um, yeah. You know, Brandstrom's a really interesting one. I, I think he's asked to be traded going back a long way. Um, and... Um, you know, the thing is, I saw the quotes today, unfortunately, with Shabbat being out, this is this is probably as good an opportunity as Branson's going to have to jump up his value, right? Agreed. So, you know, Mete, you know, it's been reported Mete uh, has opportunity to seek a deal. Again, like, like there's going to be teams out there like Calgary, for example, are going to be looking for six, seven defensemen. So if they think that that player is a match, I could see something like that happening. But Branstrom, I think his best situation is to stay and play now yeah. with Shabbat out and, and really show the league what he's got. Other than that, you know, Gambrell, like the one thing about him is I, I think depth centers, there's always a chance. I, I, I mean, there's a lot of yeah. them. Like, you know, there's guys like Max Domi out there too. So I don't know that he would be a favorite, but I always look at players like that and say at this time of year, like centers, if you're looking for a depth center, you can do a hell of a lot worse. Mm. Uh Ellie, we, we've watched this trade deadline forever. The Ottawa needs to. Oh, add you know what? I, I, a lot of Tierney too. Like, yeah. I've I've wondered about a guy like Turney just because of. I know it hasn't always been easy for him in Ottawa, but he's got a lot of playoff experience and he's played well in them. I always wonder about a guy like him. Yeah, the only thing with him is he hurt right now, Wally. I wonder if that affects anything. Yeah, he played last night. It is. Oh, he, he did. Right. Last night. Yeah. All right. Fair enough. Um. You were having too many green beers last night, Mark. Like you were, you oh, were taste testing a sponsor. <laughs> I've been watching more hockey this year than any other year, and it's driving my wife nuts. So last night I needed a <laughs> night off from it, so I did not watch the game. Full disclosure. <laughs> Nothing wrong with that. Nothing wrong with yeah. that. No. <laughs> uh, do you think Ottawa can fill its needs of a well, let's call it a goaltender or tops? six forward and a top four D at the trade deadline, or they just wait? I think it's, I, I think it's likely like, you know, like the, the thing is, does Ottawa want to move its first rounder? Right. I would say probably not. No, like, I agree you, with you. you not now. Not. Like, like the thing is like, like you're going to have now your cap situation. Like, like the one thing I look at is when is Norris signed? When is Stutzla signed? Like you have a lot of cap room now, 
But at some point in time, yep. that's all going to go away. What are the plans for Connor Brown? Like, like yeah. I, I will say, like a couple of times this year, I, I've heard rumblings about Connor Brown, and I've reached out and I've been told they want to sign. Like mm. their goal is to sign Connor Brown. So, um, you know, we'll see where all that goes. But like, like Brent, I think we're all wondering about Giroux. Like, what's his long-term yeah. future? Is there any yeah. chance? Like, like, is there any chance that he comes back to, to Ottawa after this year? Like, I think that was something that was talked about last summer, but I don't think it got anywhere close. Like, like to me, the, the question that you have is, look, you know there's a big deal coming for Norris, and he deserves it. You know there's a big deal, and you know there's a big deal coming for uh, Stutzla, and he deserves it. And the other thing that we saw is, you know, like, what's instructive to me is the Kachuk contract. He wanted to go short-term and you guys held for long-term. Do you have any reason to believe that Ottawa's going to have a different approach with either of those two players? No. Good I point. would say no. No, same with I, Colin I, White and Thomas Shabbat. Yeah, so they go right. for term. And actually, I actually think that's a good strategy. I think when you have a, a core player, you sign them for as long as you can because the money yep. never goes down. I Like, even though the Colin White one hasn't worked the way that everybody thought, I thought it was a good strategy. So all of a sudden, I'm looking at you guys and saying you have cap room, but if you're going to do Norris with term and you're going to do Stutzla with term, then you got to figure out, okay, what are we doing to fill the holes? And that's where you got to be careful. Yeah, but I, I would, I, totally I would that's think why... summer. I, like, like the thing is, how yeah. many good centers are available right now? Not too many. Doesn't seem like a lot. No, not too many. I don't see the point. Why does Claude Giroux, other than I know he's from Ottawa, basically, I know yeah. he grew up in Hearst, but Ottawa is where he lives. Why does he want to come to a team right now that is one of the worst teams in the National Hockey League? You know, I, I, I would say this. Um, look, I, I haven't spoken to Claude Giroux about Ottawa, and so I, I don't know. I, I, the, the only thing I would say is, do you believe it has a chance to get better? Like, the one thing about Giroux is the way he's played this year, he's still really good. Like, the one, <laughs> yeah. I, I completely agree with you, Brent, that next year, a good team is going to come calling for him. The way he's played right. this year, and if he has any kind of playoffs, a good team is going to come calling for him. You know, he, why would he want to choose Ottawa? Look, I mean, we're just totally spitballing here. A, as you mentioned, yeah. does he have any desire to come closer to home? B, does he think the team is going in the right direction? Those are the only two answers. But I, I do agree that the way he's played this year, there's going to be good teams after him this offseason. Very good teams. Yeah. And, and take the chance to win a cup. Like, you can live in Ottawa all you want. I don't know that playing and losing every, three out of every four games is the way you want to go. But that's just my Are you point. always this um, negative? Like, you're really negative. <laughs> I, I thought today was a good day. I feel I'm quite positive. Yeah. Uh, I do have a question for you. If you could take any G and hang out with any GM on trade deadline day, which GM is it? Ooh, that's a great question. I'm, I'm looking at it. Now, does the GM have to say yes? Because a lot of them would probably say no. No. Uh, um, no. Lou Lamarello would never say yes. <laughs> I, I would want somebody who I think is going to be in the thick of the action this year. You know what I would do? I would probably pick Colorado. 
And, and, I, and I think in this day, in this day and age, Brand, I wouldn't, I would be really annoying. I wouldn't just ask for the day. I'd ask for a week. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, like you, a week. Because yeah, so a much week happens the day. Yes. Because yeah. Colorado, like they've got a lot going on. They're not done yet. What do they need to fix? I think they're going to look for another forward. I think they're in on Andrew Kopp. I think they're in on, they were in on Giroux, but I, I think Giroux is going to end up in Florida. So look, they're going to look at a guy like Andrew Kopp. They're going to look at a guy like Max Domi, but they're going to, they're going to try to swing the biggest bat they can find. Like they asked about Patrick Kane. So, you know, I, I think they're, and they were in on Giroux. Like they, this is their year. They, they're going for it this year. Yeah. And I hope they do. Like it, they've shown they're pretty much the class of the league at the moment is uh, what's your thoughts on the Thomas Hurdle deal? Well, I'll say this, like, what did that just do? That just changed the market for Philip Forsberg. That just changed the market for Johnny Goudreau. That just changed the market for Nazem Kadri and JT Miller. The, the market has been altered. And uh, look, I, I think San Jose wanted to send a message to their fans that Thomas Hurdle is one of us. And they, they did that. Um, they, you know, they were, earlier in the year, I was pretty sure he was going to get traded. And then when Joe Will stepped in for Doug Wilson, the word was, don't even ask. And in the last couple of weeks, the word was, don't even ask. We're going to get this done. And they got it done. And I think this is San Jose's way of convincing Hurdle that they're going to try to win. There might be a year or two more of pain, but they're going to try to win. And uh, they, th it was important to them to keep him, and they did it. Like, they, they decided he was more valuable to them than he was anywhere else, and they paid like it. Uh, back to Patrick Kane for a second. Uh, there was yeah. a question coming in from uh, Ryan Bryan. What does Patty Kane get in return? Like, what's the return for him? And is Chicago serious about dealing him? I don't think like this is Ryan Bryan, and I I really like your name. Uh, I, I would just say this that I think the only way Chicago, first of all I don't think they're going to do it now. If, if they do this, I think they're going to do it in the summer. I think it's only going to be if Patrick Kane comes to them. Like part of the thing is the Blackhawks are going to want Patrick Kane to come out and smooth it out and say like this is his choice. Like they're they're going into a like Chicago's going into a big re rebuild. They've told Kane that. They've told Taves that. And I think they're going to sit down after the season and they're going to say, okay, what, what, what do you think about this? This is our plan. Do you want to be here? And I, when Patrick Kane says he's intrigued about the idea of playing in Chicago his entire life, um, I think he's telling the truth. But I, I do think he wants to win. I, you know, I think the Rangers are another team this year that made, a, made an ask. Would he ever be willing to want to come here? I think there's going to be good teams that are going to ask him about it. I think he's going to, I think at the very least, it makes you think about it. Um, you know, Chicago will probably have to eat some money because he's at 10 and a half, which, which makes him a bit more of an expensive pickup. Uh, but, you know, like he probably gets you, first of all, if there's multiple, number one is, where is he willing to go? Like, as we're finding out with Giroux, I think he really wants to go to Florida and I'm not sure if he wants to go anywhere else. So that kind of limits your window a bit. So is he willing to consider, would he, would he be willing to consider multiple teams? But if the answer is no, and he wants to consider one team, you're still going to say to that one team, we want a good prospect and a good pick, or we're, we're not going to do this. But, you know, that's kind of the way it goes. You, you want one or two, you have to be willing to be able to sell that to your fan base. 
So you're going to want one or two players or picks that your fan base is going to be excited about. And the one thing about Colorado is they got some really good prospects. You know, they, they really do. So they, they could do that. And, you know, you, you say you have to make it worth our while. And that's what teams will do. Um, I know the Leafs could really use a high-end forward. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. They've no, been looking. If anything, right? I'm just kidding. Really? Are they, they going to try to go into the playoffs adding a forward as opposed to someone on the blue line? They're going to – I think they're going to try to do both. Uh, I think they're going to try to add a forward, but but a depth forward. Like, they're – I don't think they're really yeah. happy with their fourth line. You know, it's tough. Like, I got all the time in the world for Wayne Simmons and Jason Spezza, but I think there's a chance one of them is going to be out of the lineup, right? So sure. I, I think yeah. they're – like, they're looking at a guy like Tyler Mott to play their fourth line. Um, and I think they're also looking at a D. I think they were looking at Lindholm. You know, the, the problem is is that the last three years, they, they've traded their first-round pick twice, and unfortunately, their other first-round pick, Amarov, is, is battling cancer, right? So I think they really want to hold on to their first-rounder, and they don't want to trade their top prospects, especially for a rental. So I think they like Lindholm, but I just think they're going to be priced out of the market. So they're looking at guys like Braun and Giordano and Middleton, so I, I think that I definitely think they will add a D. My my dream because I've got a man crush on the guy is Chara. I would love to see Chara come to Toronto. I oh, really you did mention would. this. That's right. Yeah, and because you know what, if you look at Toronto's history, they bring guys like that in, like Spezza, Simmons, Thornton, Ainsey, like guys who have really good reputations and, yeah. and 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 do and do the work, right? So, but I think they're going to add a D. But I think they're also looking at a fourth line forward. Wow. Okay, so you're in you're in Toronto. What is the level of concern right now with the way that this team has played? Like it, it's basically the roofs would n- would not be on either of your houses. That's the level of concern that we are on right now. It's they're panicky here right now. You know, Shalgren kind of saved the day the other night. He let everybody breathe for two yeah. days with the shutout against Dallas. But there's there's a lot of panic about the goaltending in the D. There's there's I think even internally. You know, it's like, Mark, I don't know if you ever played in any teams like this where you think you're good and then two weeks before the deadline, everything goes wrong and you're sitting there going, holy cow, like, how good are we or are we not? And, like, I do think that some of the, like, like I can tell, like, the goaltending was getting to the players. They won't say anything publicly because you can't pour gasoline on the fire, but the goaltending was getting to the players. And, and I also think it, it was part of what happened with Matthews. I think he was, you know, they're losing – uh, he's pissed off about the lack of penalties against them. And I think that was one of the reasons he blew up against Dolan, right? And I don't know how many teams you played on like that, Mark, but when it goes all wrong sideways two weeks before the deadline, you're kind of sitting there and saying, geez, I don't know what to fix because everything seems terrible right now. Yeah, yeah. And that'll be the issue with them. Even I go one further and just talk about their history, which is completely obvious, and we don't need to get into that, obviously. But just getting out of that first round, for example, as I – made a joke the other night on Twitter about that too. It's like, you know, like the panic button's being pushed, but the playoff game is so much different and it's a little, it's a little heavier. You need speed because you talked about the fourth line in Toronto. Yeah. The foot speed's a bit of an issue, quite frankly. And I have nothing but respect for those two players. So I can understand them trying to insulate that line a little bit, but yeah, I mean, going with the expectation level is with the, the Toronto fans have right now and it's high. It's like, you know, there's no room for a messed up. And if, you know, how do you adjust? You, you, you don't find four or top four defensemen just laying around everywhere. And you don't find top six guys either. 
We need to give up mm-hmm. a lot for them. So if I'm Toronto, I, I, I agree with you. There is a lot of reason to panic right now, but I think that all has to come from internally. Like that leadership core, I'm, t- I'm looking at guys like Matthews, Marner, all of these guys. They need to just make it work. They need to make it happen. They can't just disappear and rely on those role players to carry them through that first round. Anyway, I could go on forever on it. It's just going to give people headaches. No, you know, but Mark, like I, I agree with you that your best players have to be your best players. You can't win the Stanley Cup unless it's like that. I just think that, it's, like, I do think, though, that um, when you're at the, like, I've always felt that when you're, uh, like, uh, like, on the third defensive pair or you're on the fourth line, your, your goal there is you don't have to win the game, but you can't lose it. And I just, feel, I, I just feel that they're not – they don't think they're getting enough from that. And I think that's yeah. why they, they want to address it. I just think also yeah. in general, I think the team knows they have to be a little bit meaner. Like, people don't like hearing this, but you have to be a prick to win the Stanley Cup. Like, like I think yeah. you really do. you got to be a prick. you got to – you got to be like intimidation is still a very big part of this game, particularly in the playoffs. And I think they could use a little bit more of that mentality. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I agree. And, and, and to the final point on that is like, when you mentioned Chara, I love that play. I don't care how old he is. I mean, if he can mm-hmm. just at least keep up, he's terrifying. I mean, I played against him in the playoffs and it, you're, you're facing a different player, right? Like he's so competitive. So I think that's exactly what the Leafs need. They just need another imposing player back there. I mean, other than Chara, I don't know where you find him. Mm-hmm. Well, that, that Middleton, that Middleton, I don't know. I don't know a lot. I don't yeah, know a lot about Middleton, but he's you're right. Yeah, he's so he, another like, good player he's, for that. He's, he's unproven. Like his his rise is really recent, but he's something like that. Yeah, I agree. Does Craig Anderson end up in Toronto? You know, it's funny. I asked somebody that, and um, you know. First of all, he would have to agree to it. Like, they're not doing anything unless he wants to do it. Um, I'll tell you something else, too, I heard about Buffalo is, um, you know, like, they didn't think he was going to play after he got his neck injury this year. Um, And uh, they thought he was going to be done. And they were blown away by how committed he was to, to play. Like, like. I think I think that Buffalo this year, like the veterans this year in Buffalo, really believe that they've turned the corner. And I know that the Sabres feel that Anderson's been a big part of that because they saw how hard he worked to come back and the difference he's made when he's been out there. And, um, you know, I think also, too, when he was injured, he would stick around and he would and he would point out things and or he would answer questions like he and like. I, I think Buffalo has been so concerned about its culture for a few years now that they think it's really important to keep them around. Now, it's like you talked about with Forsberg before, Brent. If, if they get a ridiculous offer for him, they're probably going to have to do it. But I've been told that nothing will happen uh, unless he wants to do it and be their preferences. They just think for the young players there. He's a good guy to have around. Like I asked Kevin Adams, have you have you asked him about next season? This was about two weeks ago, and they said not yet. But I I do think at some point they're going to have a conversation with him about it. Do you want to come back next year? And so it's so funny. Like for three years we've written him off every year. Like this is it. He's done. And he keeps playing. And and I think this year he's had a fantastic year for the, other than the injury, right? Like and he's someone you just want to have around to to have there for the young goalies. 
You know, I'll tell you this. I didn't know this until this year. Someone told me about it. But when you guys had Hashik in Ottawa, like Hashik was probably the best practice player of all time, right? Like he was the best. If you like, I remember, I remember I was covering a game there once. I came to the morning skate and he got pissed off at McGratton for in the shootout. McGratton scored on a rebound. And he was like, that doesn't count. That doesn't count. You can't score on a rebound. And McGratton did it again. Like, I think what he actually did was intentionally missed and then scored on the rebound. And Hashik got so mad and he's like, that's it. You don't score the rest of the year. You don't get a goal on me the rest. And I think he went the rest of the year in practice. Like, it was, it was a great – I was there that day. And I remember this whole thing happening. And but and I've heard that Anderson's got a lot of that in him too. Like, he's, he's, a, he's a crazy practicer. And Buffalo yep. really thinks that's that's huge for their, for, and they got more young guys coming, right? So they'd love to, to, for them all to get exposed to that. Mm. Math could never score on Andy. No. <laughs> <laughs> all right, uh, Ellie, I don't want to take any more of your time. I know it's a busy time for you, and so uh, okay. we'll let you go. But we appreciate your stopping by. Like uh, this is this means a lot just based on the time of the year. So. Get some rest, no, charge no the worries. phone. Well, and, anytime, uh, but you know that. Yeah, and enjoy, enjoy the Peloton ride there, you tell me. Oh. <laughs> yeah, I got, I got, I don't know if, it's going to be a Hidden Hills ride today, Mark. So I don't know if enjoy, enjoy I did one yesterday. Those are the worst. Oh my God. I don't know why I put myself through this. I really don't. We're all going to croak <laughs> anyway. I don't care. Who cares if we Agreed. look good or not? <laughs> right, do you, do you have care, like guys. the Sens bike helmet and glasses? Do you, like, you no, know, player of the game, no, the Sens no. have. Do you wear that gear? No, 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 no. Right? Come on. What do you think I am? I don't do that. No, no, I don't do that. We're, I'm not one of those hipster doofus guys. <laughs> I would probably check Twitter in the next couple of hours because somebody's going to put it on you. <laughs> oh, great. <laughs> anyway, There's enough memes already. <laughs> See you, Fridge. Uh, thanks for stopping. All right, take care, right? guys. My pleasure. There goes Elliot Freeman from uh, Sportsnet and 32 Thoughts. Check out his 32 Thoughts. There is a mention of Chris, uh, Nick Paul in there, as well as uh, Zidane Chara going to Toronto, lots of stuff. Love Elliot Freeman. Uh, it's a busy time, Matt. Like, now, the one thing that's going around this morning, uh, Mike Johnson, one of them, saying, you know what? You can't use the trade deadline as an excuse as a player. And I think DJ Smith alluded to it last night about uh, guys just want to get this week over. Yeah. I'm, I don't, I'm on the fence here. And you've, I mean, you've played, you've seen it in rooms. I still think it's a bigger factor than probably almost anything else that's going on right now when it comes to players and how they perform. I still think it has an impact if you, even if you don't want to admit it. Right. Well, two things can be true, right? I mean, you have the responsibility, no matter what the scenario or circumstances are, to perform. And you can, and it can still bother you. I, I think, uh, but I agree with MJ that there are no excuses. I mean, you're getting paid a lot of money to play hockey. I mean, you have to perform. You have to show up, and that's it's probably the worst excuse you could think of, right? Like, I mean, really. I mean, I can understand playing through an injury or something serious happening. You know, like as far as something personal in the family or whatever. There's always distractions as an athlete, and it's it's trying to kind of wade your way through and, and separate yourself from that and just stay so hyper-focused on your game. But, I mean, how do you ignore it, Wally? I mean, if you're potentially going to be playing on a different team in a year from now, what do you do? So, 
you know, I, I, I feel like, and I'm going to use Nick Paul as an example, because I, I, I feel like he's been very quiet lately. I've been saying this for weeks. I have been. Where it just seems like there's been a little bit of a bite taken out of his game. You know, that little extra drive. And so that could just be a little bit of stress impacting him right now with, you know, with the looming deadline and potentially playing elsewhere. But yeah, I agree with MJ. There are no excuses. I mean, you cannot use the deadline as an excuse to, to affect your performance. You're not going to get any sympathy from anybody. I, I So you talk about that bite from Nick Paul. You know what we don't see a lot of is him having an impact in a shift per se, right? Like you, you used to be able to yeah. see him generate more. I, I don't see it as much right now. And you see he's got one goal in the last six games. That's one point in the last six games. And it goes back for two goals in the last 12 or 13. He's, yeah. You can. This is a huge moment, right? Like this is your dollars and cents of how your future sets up. I just think it's a big deal and it has an impact. Yeah, and and <laughs> – yeah, but what do you do different, right? Like it, it all it all comes down to the player's personality and what he's like, how he handles the adversity. And I mean, for Nick Paul, I, I just and I've said this many times, it just seems like he's missing a little bit of that 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 and I gotta word this properly. <laughs> I don't wanna I don't wanna sound insensitive. That killer instinct. You know, like when you're on the ice, you're a bigger guy, and I, I know I, I hate I hate sounding repetitive, but I, I mean this sincerely. He's got everything. He's got all the tools. He's a great dude in the room, as we all know. And um, and when he's on his game, he's very effective out there. It, it, it's the willingness to, you know, when you're competing with other players out there, using your size to your advantage. One of his big advantages is being a six foot five human being, playing amongst mostly six foot five eleven forwards and defensemen that are defending against him. So I'd like to see him get more physical. And I'm not talking running around like an idiot trying to kill people or hurt people, although I wouldn't mind seeing some of that. It's being a bit more of a bully at net front, you know, like making life difficult for their defensemen, yeah, getting exactly. right in there, stopping stopping right in the crease, creating fits for the defensemen. You can't just change a player, and I understand that. I mean, it is your personality, but I know that Nick Paul has it in him. I've seen him fight. I've seen him defend his teammates. I've seen him play physical. He can do it. I just want to see how his – I guess I'll finish it with this, Wally. I wanted, I'm curious to see how his play changes after this deadline, whether he ends up here or elsewhere. I'm hoping that it's just the stress from the deadline and that we're going to see a different player coming out of it because, you know, I do see him with a very big role on this team over the next couple of years. You know, when this team is supposed to hit its peak with all the current core guys that are here, I, I firmly believe that Nick Paul's part of that core. So, you know, I, that's where I'm at right now. My thought hasn't changed on it. Um, I, I'd like to see more from him. I think he gets moved. I know. I, and, and he might. He might. He might get moved. I know. And, you know, if someone's dangling that first rounder, which after the Sherratt Hall that we saw from Montreal go to Florida, like, you got to think Nick Paul's pro, like potentially at least could get you a first-round draft pick, right? I mean, at least a high-end yeah. second pick and a prospect. But, um, you got to think his value's gone up a little bit. I know Elliot made it made it very clear it's not a seller's market, but I mean Nick Paul's got to be at the top of the list or at least up there somewhere with some of the available players. No. You don't think so? I think he's at best at a second rounder at best. Yeah, yeah, maybe you're right. I'm I'm probably holding him too high based off of the play that I've seen him. You know the way he's played in the past. So well, maybe I'm just a little off. Well, the to market. Ottawa though, and maybe you can help me out here. To Ottawa, he's worth more. I think he's worth more in Ottawa than he is perhaps to someone else as a rental. 
because of what yeah. he I know we put a lot on the locker room stuff. I still think it holds value, and I think it's important, especially yeah, yeah. for a team and, right and, now. And, and being a good guy, team. yes, yes. And being a good guy in the room doesn't mean you deserve that much more money. It doesn't really have a huge impact, but it certainly um, it certainly impacts the team as far as whether they want to keep you here or not. Like, like I'm not saying that it'll, it'll yep. up his value significantly when it comes to negotiating a deal, but it certainly will make the team want to try to retain you as best they can because you're a core guy, you're a chemistry guy. And uh, on top of all that, you're very versatile. He plays up and down the lineup. Does that mean I think he's worth more than $3 million? No, I don't believe that. No. I think there's room for a nuanced conversation here. Just because I'm pro Nick Paul doesn't mean I think he's worth $4 million. I do think that there's middle ground. I think $3 million is fair. I really do. I'm gonna I'm gonna stand uh, and I will die, I will die on that hill. Even if he ends up being on your third line in two years from now, no problem. I'm comfortable with it. You have a very serviceable third line player who is excellent at killing penalties, um, can play up and down your lineup depending on injuries. I'm comfortable with a three million dollar uh, price tag. Something to keep an eye on, only because I looked it up. His birthday is the day before trade deadline day. 20, the twentieth. He's going to turn twenty-seven years old. That is old. a Wally we'll fact. How he celebrates. Thank you for sharing. We'll see how he celebrates his birthday. <laughs> You're welcome. Uh, the other guy on page four is Michael Delzato. I know we brought it up earlier. I know we got to get to Thomas Shabbat. Uh, yeah. But Michael Delzato is—he's arguably tearing up the, the AHL as a over a point per game player on the blue line. Why do we not, with the injury to Shabbat on the left side, put him in the lineup? It's funny because we have two people. Are you telling you know, me right now, the... Matt, are you telling me Victor Mete is better than Michael Delzato at the moment? Oh. I've always thought, okay, so there's two people. You've got some people on, on the media spectrum that believe, and obviously I'm including myself as far as media members, but some critics are suggesting he's too slow. I tend to agree with that to a degree. And then I know some other of his friends. You've seen Carlo Koliakovo is one of them. And I know he's friends with Michael Delzato. He's been very much yeah, pro Delzato sure. as far, you know, right? I, if I, I guess this is where I stand. I don't see him in the long-term plans with this team. Whether I believe Fair he's enough. a really good player or effective player or not, if I don't see him here next season, I don't care. You know, this is a non-discussion for me. Okay, you could make an, uh, an argument that, well, now that Shabbat's hurt, do you just bring him up to help out the team? But what are you really accomplishing? Um, you know, I, I'm not saying I don't believe he shouldn't be here. I'm not suggesting that. He is very capable of playing at the NHL level. There's no question. I do think his, he's lost a step. The same would probably apply to me if I was still playing. I would have the same criticism. You know, I'm a little slower now. I'm not I, 25 anymore. I'm 35. So... I don't know that there's room for him here right now. I don't think you need to have him up. I'd rather see Dylan Hetherington playing in the lineup than Michael Delzato. That might be a hot take for a lot of people. That's how I feel. Um, <laughs> right now, I think the focus should be on, on Mete, on Branstrom, on Hetherington, because these are players that potentially could end up as depth guys, right? Like, I don't think I, I, I don't see Josh Brown sticking around here. I like the player. Uh, as far as off the ice, I've only heard good things of him. I know guys that skate with him in London, Ontario, and they, they speak nothing but high praise of Josh Brown. So that's why I have a bit of a soft spot for him because my team captain in London when I won the Memorial Cup has spoken highly of him. I take that, you know, as, as legitimate advice. But 
I don't know that I can see Josh Brown here in the future. I just don't. Because I don't think the hockey yeah. sense is quite there yet. And I don't think the foot speed is there. I like his toughness. I like how hard he works. I don't think he's here. Wally, feel free to cut me off at any point because we're talking about the defense and I tend to give long-winded responses. Um, so no, I think it's, in, it's good. in closing, in closing right now, I don't think or care to watch Michael Delzato play for the Ottawa Senators. My focus will be on Branstrom, on Mete, and on Hetherington, and on Brown. Those are the players I'm watching because I'm going to be – by management, I want to figure out who yeah. I believe I'm going to invest a little in and keep around for next season. Okay, that's fair. I I just think with you losing your number one guy who eats a lot of minutes, that there's a chance a guy that's played, I don't know, 600 and some games or whatever it is, okay. can help you compared to Victor Mete, okay. who doesn't get to play. That's what all I agree with you. Say. I agree. I understand that. but uh, But like I said, what do you gain? What better opportunity right now than to analyze what you have on the back end and just like have six effing scouts in the crowd at the Sens games, following the team around and just watching the defense. Just sit there. I, I will go and do it for free. Send me to the game. Let me analyze the players on the back end and I will only focus on them. And you have now a, an infinite stretch of time until the end of the season now with Shabbat out who eats up 30 minutes a night. You allocate all those minutes to all these other fringe players that you're trying to figure out who exactly they are. Like the Branstrom thing, I get he's young. When I was Branstrom's age, I had like 17 points that season with the Blue Jackets. I had like four goals and, you know, 14 or 15. I don't remember what my stat line was, but I was a defensive D-man with no power play time. So the apologists that are trying to say, well, you know, he's still young and it's all bullshit. That's all bullshit. You're either an NHL player at that age or you're not, especially nowadays with how young the league is. So figure it out. Is Mete a defenseman in the NHL? Is Branstrom an NHL player? You figure it out. And now's the time. Because I don't want to have to answer these questions next year. We've been doing it for two years. You want the team yeah. to take a, take a step forward? Figure the fucking decor out. Just figure it out. <laughs> You should just turn the mic off and leave the show now. You've done, you've, you won. I, I get frustrated <laughs> because it's like, what are we doing? What are we doing? Well, okay. You're like I, I only agree. care. So I, I say these things because I care. Like I am a Sen super fan to a degree, right? right. I chirp Leaf fans yes. online. It's clear where my allegiance is. It's to the Ottawa Senators. I don't enjoy coming on here and ripping on players. I feel dirty when I do that. I'd rather be talking about how good this team is and how they're going into the playoffs yes. and yada, yada, yada in analyzing their opponents. Instead, I'm ripping the decor because they're that bad. Okay, so that leads me to my next point, which I try to keep these pages separate, and now they're kind of mushed together. So we're going to basically do five, six, and seven all together. But before we do that, perfect time to take a break to tell you about uh, spring just around the corner. If you looked outside, it's beautiful today. Um, that means time to start thinking about landscaping. And that includes Bonisher Excavating Inc. Go to BEI.com, uh, sorry, BonisherExcavating.com. Uh, use them to help you with all your landscaping needs. Also, uh, aggregate and topsoil sales, uh, landscape, oh, they, rock, all that stuff. Yeah. Do they do So uh, you sod? should get it for the- Wally, for, do they, can they redo my grass? Because no. my dogs shit all over they, my lawn all the time. <laughs> they can, I just told you, they should dig for uh, dinosaurs in your backyard with your son's <laughs> Um <laughs> They, you can do your driveway. They Anyway, they can do all kinds of stuff. Give them a call, 613-432-1120, or go to bonusyourexcavating.com. Yeah. Great company. Okay, so Good job. I want to talk about the art of losing, which is all the last pages. And I'm going to start with, so 
we heard the post-game comments the other night with Josh Norris and Brady Kachuk about, you know, it's tough to keep losing. It feels shitty. Um, you know, Josh, Josh Norris. Uh, I think everybody is sick and tired of losing, Kachuk said. My point is, DJ Smith had come out and said earlier, listen, uh, these guys know how to win. I'm not concerned. Here's what I looked up. So Brady Kachuk. So the last four years, the Ottawa Senators have been in the National Hockey League. They have been below 500 from at least December 1st on. The last time, the latest in the season was December 1st, 2018-19, game 27 of the season. This year, game four was the last time they were at 500 hockey. They don't know how to win. And because they haven't been surrounded with enough people, and don't give me the excuses of Colin White and Shane Pinto. If those two are going to have a huge impact in your lineup, then I don't know yeah. that you're a playoff contending team at the moment. So this team needs to figure it out, and especially on the back end, how to fix it so that by at least January, they're at 500 hockey mats. We're just talking 500. I know. It's ridiculous know. of where they've I been know. at. Well, you know, and we have these conversations. I don't know what I'm doing with all this paper here. We have these conversations <laughs> going the into paper the season. To me. Yeah, <laughs> I got all these sheets. Um no, we had these we had this conversation going into the season about what the expectation level was. And all we said was, please just be competing by Christmas. You know, like like be in the mix, right? Um, you know, and and I think I, I can sympathize with Norris and Kachuk because there's not a better yes. feeling than being a part of a team where you're going in a pregame warm-up on the ice and you're looking across the ice at your opponents and you and you know that they know. They're in for a battle. Like, oh God, we got to play against the Ottawa Senators tonight. Like, ugh, like we're probably going to get rinsed tonight, or it's going to be a battle or a hard fight. That that's a big advantage you have, you know, mentally when you're a part of a, a yeah. good competitive hockey team. And I'm not talking about a, a top tier team, just a good hard team to play against. And and DJ's been doing that. Like like they've had a physical team. They are hard to play against. I think systematically they've had breakdowns, obviously, but more importantly. It's a personnel thing. They're just lacking depth, as we always talk about. I'm not even gonna get. I'm not even gonna go there. But with, as far as their comments go, I completely understand. And at some point, you have to fix this because that culture it becomes kind of habitual. Like going into the rink, knowing you're you're in for a bad, a tough night, or you're probably gonna lose. I'm not assuming or, or implying that that's the mindset that they're in right now. But eventually that starts to creep into the locker room. And that's part of the team culture, if you will, that, that you hear those buzzwords all the time around sports. You want to be a part of a winning culture. So, yeah, th yeah, this comes down to management for sure this summer, getting a couple good players, hoping that your core guys take another step forward between now and next season. Obviously, you want them to continue to get better and grow. Like, I, I don't know where to go with this. I mean... You know, I think for me, it's simple. I made it clear here on my last rant about the decor and obviously the inconsistencies between the pipes. You know, you, you have to address these are problems and they need to be addressed because some of these guys are going to get really sick and tired of losing every night and it's going to continue until those things get addressed. So for now, if you're a leadership, you got to try to stay positive, focus on the small victories, those little baby steps going into the offseason, try to try to try to get the group you know, set these short-term goals, like five-game segments, whatever it is, just to keep the group juiced until the end-of-the-year meetings going into the summer. And then, you know, if you're the leadership group, like you're Brady and some of these guys, you're calling around in the summer. You're checking in on your teammates. 
you're calling so-and-so in Mississauga or so-and-so overseas in Sweden, whoever's on your team, checking in on them, making sure that they're working their tails off, making sure that they're taking advantage of that long off season. But for now, Wally, it's survival mode heading into that point. Uh, by the way, I just made a comment uh, in the chat that Pierre Dorian said, basically, this was the year we're turning the page. The rebuild is over. We're into a new phase. We're going to challenge for a playoff yeah. spot. And I've gotten some, I'll say pushback yeah. because people are going, did you really believe that? I didn't believe it, but the players hear it and they believe it. And they believe that the GM is trying to give them the best option and he's not. And that's my point. My point isn't yeah. that I believe it. The players on the ice need to think it. And right now, yeah. it's the furthest thing they could be thinking of. Like, They've lost three in a row, made, eight of the last but, ten. They've been outscored 39-24. Yeah. But he hasn't made – he hasn't made – like, because i got to be fair, and I love – you know, he hasn't made a ton of bonehead moves. Like, like bringing in Holden was great. What? Bringing in Zub was great. A couple good signings, too. Kachuk, Batherson, Shabbat Steel was great. Like, there have been some good moves. It's just those depth okay, pieces Alex, that have been board. epic fails, right? Like, the like the, the depth the, – like, like the, the four, five, six guys on the back end and the – and the third and fourth line players perhaps up front. And then of the rash of injuries and nonsensical things that have happened out of their sort of... And, and I'm not being an apologist, because I can be very critical yeah. of management when I want to be, believe me. But okay. I think we, there's we've got a, a balanced board, blame I'm here. just going to put up players acquired in the last two seasons. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. Uh, Dad, yeah, no. Look, so let's... Okay, let's focus... Wally, let's focus on all the UFAs yeah. first. So... So if you look at the UFAs, like Dadanoff was that was horseshit, but at the same time, at the time, you know, it wasn't a terrible pickup. His numbers weren't brutal. They were pretty damn good coming from Florida. And then obviously Galchenyuk, I mean, I could have told you that was a bad pickup. Haley, I could have told you that too. Um uh who else? There was another player specifically. Artem Zub's okay. Well, yeah, Zub's great. Like obviously. So Michael Delzato and uh, I'll, I'll go with Scott Sabin. I know some of these guys are just depth players for the the AHL, but yeah, uh, I'm not. I was never a big fan of Victor Mentiman or Adam Goddard for that matter. There's just a lot of players in here: Cedric Paquette, Derek Stepan, Braden Coburn, Eric Goodbranson, and they're trading for these players. That yeah. they were gone all within. I think the all every one of them within the first year, like yeah. 20 games in. Well, I think this is like Derek my, Stepan my got here and went. What have I done? Yeah. Well, you know what? My and Stepan's actually playing okay right now, but different role on yes. a much better team. Um, what I was going to say was, if you're doing assessing and you're scouting, or you're a GM, or you're a coach, and you're trying to figure out who to bring in, based off of what I've seen now over the last couple of years, this is free advice, and it's you know again, I'm I'm not a scout. I, I'm fully acknowledging this is this is a free tidbit for anybody scouting or looking for a player. Look at the foot speed. Can they skate? I don't care about the hands. Right. I don't care about the hitting or any of that stuff right now. Can they keep up with this play? Because you're looking at some of these guys on the board. All the ones, most of them, that haven't been able to stick around are just players that were too slow or lost a step and couldn't keep up. Look at their foot speed. Make sure they can keep up with the play, and then you can mold them to however game style you want. But... Man, oh man, like some of the pickups here have just been brutal. Well, and part of it is, as people are saying in the chat, about getting just to the cap floor and acquiring players just so they could be to the cap floor. And I believe Derek's that's why I'm not blaming Pierre. Guys. That's why I'm not blaming Pierre. You got to wonder, right? Like, are his hands tied? What's their internal budget at? Like, what's it set at? 
Like, I, I don't know, but these are valid questions to be asked. So maybe he wanted to get a certain player, but said player was 5 million. So let's go with Delzato at two. Like, I don't know, but we have to have these conversations. I mean, I think they're pretty valid questions. Okay, but part of the, uh, all right. But you can get players, Beth, at the same price that aren't as bad or aren't as Who? slow or whatever. Okay. Like, Find me a top four defenseman like, that you can bring in that wants to play at $2 million in Ottawa. Find me one. That's better than Eric Goodbranson? I could think you probably could. Okay, but Goody's playing pretty good right now in Calgary. Okay, but he wasn't here. Guys, are, like, same with Michael Delzato at $2 million. And I'm not defending anybody in particular, but I respect Goodbranson's play. Like, he plays very hard. He plays a hard physical game. No one wants to fight as much yes. as he does. But he's got a niche. He's found it. And, yes, he's protected by playing on a very good team. However, he's found a role. My point is, some of these players that have been brought yeah. in obviously have found other roles on other teams. But when they came here, what was the common denominator with most of them? They were fucking slow. They all looked slow. Did so – you know okay well so we've gone over this before and I, I meant to bring it up and i didn't even think of it until now was we've talked about the play in their own end and defensively how bad they've been so could eric good branson and braden coburn and all these and michael does that have survived if they had a better defensive system even you in the past and i've seen it again this past weekend nobody understands what they're doing in their own end and i think it continues so I don't, I don't could know, they not you know, be I, a better defensive group. Here's a hot take. I'll give you a hot take. I don't think it's defensive. I don't think it's coaching. I think it's just bad. I think it's very thin personnel back there. They're, they're fucking small. They're small. They're light. They're Zaitsev is one of their hardworking physical guys. He not, he's not six feet tall. He's five eleven. I'm sorry. You wonder, well, he's brutal. He's he's out of position. He's not out of position. He's he's playing a big man's game in a smaller man's body, and he's getting outworked all over the ice or out muscled. Some of the plays, like where he's getting burned wide, that shouldn't happen if you're strong enough or you're a good enough skater. Like it it blows my mind the word gymnastics people use to defend set so and so and so and so. It's like JBD, Lassie Thompson, uh, Michael Delzato. Um, Victor Mete, who else? I'm missing a bunch of guys. Pretty much everybody outside of Josh Brown is like under 200 pounds. Like uh, Zub is another defensive defenseman who is also not six feet tall. I'm at the games. I don't, and I'm not, I'm not, I want people to understand. I'm not biased because I happen to be six, like I'm a bigger person or whatever. I don't give a shit about, I, I don't have an agenda here. I'm not trying to bring in a bunch of giants, but it's a very light decor. And eventually, Teams that you're playing against have a game plan. We have, like, yeah. when we're playing against teams, the coaches will put up these little sheets, you know, eight by 10 pieces of paper like this, that's all spread out with each player named on it. Your bottom six will be down here on D, and each player, it'll say what their strength is and what their weakness is. This guy is soft, easy to bump off the puck. This guy can't make a breakout pass. Challenge him. This guy, you know what I mean? Like, this player panics. This play So... You got to understand that, that right now what they have back there is just not good enough. So that's why they're not getting clean exits. Like I've seen big dummy defensemen at least be able to protect the puck a little bit and shovel it to a winger or a centerman and then lumber their way up the ice. But when you're constantly getting beat up off off the off the walls at net front, off the rush, this this team gets scored so much off the rush. 
because they're just not very good. It's just, it's that simple. So, I mean, I can just look at all this nonsense and all the numbers and pretend like it means something. It doesn't mean anything. The decor is too small. The goalies, the goaltending is inconsistent. Nothing's going to change until you start. The, you, you need to change two defensemen. You need to bring in two legitimate defensemen. Sanderson, that's another player. Not a big stay-at-home defenseman by any means. He's another player who, by the way, is exceptional, and I'm acknowledging that. But he fits the bill as far as his size goes to every other player they have back there right now. So if you can make a move, get rid of JBD or some of these guys and bring in some some different demon. We have all the same guys back there and one big player in Brown who can't really move the puck very well and doesn't have the best hockey sense. So, and, and you brought up Jake Sanderson, who's, by the way, hurt again. Uh, yeah, and I know he's had a tough. miserable year, and right? So is, are all these injuries going to push his development back where he may not be a top no. six defenseman on the Sens next no. year. Well, what's his, do we know what his injury is? Uh, I, I'm yes, sorry. I'm, I'm, put, put I'm putting you on the spot, Wally, yeah. my bad brother. I just, you know what? It doesn't matter. He's young. He's going to be fine. Uh, Sanderson's going to be great. And I'm not even questioning that. And that's what I, that's why I'm hammering down all these points because it's like, you've got a, you've got an abundance of, of, they're not fringe guys, but you've got some pieces now that you can make some moves. And I'm not saying, and I know I'm going on a lot of rants here about the decor and all that, but I'm not suggesting the team has to make a move right now. But it's certainly, to, in my opinion, the main area of focus that needs to happen and be addressed this summer. Uh, I'll find it in a sec. But yeah, the the JBD stuff, I'm concerned, or not JBD, my apologies, Jake Sanderson stuff, I'm just concerned with because there's so much downtime for him right now. That's all. And yeah, like well, Matt, he's going to step affect... in the National Hockey League, which is not well, very it... often for a defenseman, right? Yeah, it might affect his play um, this season, depending on what it is. But I'm talking long term with Jake Sanderson. I mean, obviously, I'm not concerned, and he can he can come into camp next season having an incredible camp and having an immediate impact. I mean, we just won't know until we see him because I I'm telling you, there is a significant difference between playing in the NCAA and junior. And the NHL, like it's it's now you're playing against players right. that can just skate almost as well as you can, but have been doing it longer and are probably a little stronger and more seasoned. So, I, I want people to have a very fair and balanced expectation level of what Jake Sanderson will yes. be immediately when he comes in. Just be aware it, of that. That's all I'm it, saying. And it's the same for everybody. Like Ridley Gregg, who we talk about playing so well, I understand, but that doesn't. And Tyler Clevin. That doesn't mean they're going to step into the National Hockey League and dominate right away. Tim Stutzla was a third overall pick, and he didn't dominate right, right? He had a huge stretch where he couldn't score Growing a goal, pains. where they weren't sure if he should go down. <laughs> and that's okay. Right? That's like, okay, though. And and exactly. it's okay to be excited. I just don't want everybody okay. to put all this pressure on him. Yeah, yeah, no, no, no. I think people are just pumped because the team's been doing pretty poorly here this season, so you're looking for external reasons to be excited. And, and I like that. There's nothing wrong with that. So we'll leave it at that for now. I... I I'm not really worried about Sanderson. My concern right now, and this is an opportunity. This is almost a blessing in disguise. Shabbat's going to get some time now to rest. He's not going to look like a skeleton at the end of the season. He's going to be able to rest. He can have some steaks and some burgers and fill out again because he looks like death. And now you have an opportunity to watch Branstrom and some of these other players and see what they have, like a legitimate test. So this is good. Yeah. Okay. Well, I look forward to it. I I'm not even going to go to page seven. You've been so good. I'm going to let you off. <laughs> we'll save it. We'll six. save it for Tuesday next or Monday. Yeah. I mean, sorry. Yeah.
Uh, just a reminder, go to gongshowgear.com. They've got a huge sale going on right now. I think it's 50% off of buy one, get one. Uh, also, our next show, just so you know, is going to be on Tuesday because we're going to uh, let all the oh, dust right. settle from trade deadline day on Monday. We're coming back Tuesday. Ian Mendez is supposed to stop by. We'll go over all the moves that happened or didn't happen with the Ottawa Senators. So, Matthew, get an extra day off. You can take Ellie to the movies and watch Batman. <laughs> oh, I guess, yeah, sorry. People are uh, listening so also. That was me putting a thumbs down. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's sometimes the audio. All right. Uh, yeah. See you, Matt. Take care, my friend. Thanks for stopping by. Thanks, Elliot Freeman, as well. That's the wall in the facts, right? deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.